הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים המתים שבדו לכן לכל הצדיקים המתים שוכני עפר. קדוש משבר עצם המבחן רבנו הקדוש צדיק יסוד עולם נחנו ומקור חוכמה. רבנו נחנו נסגן נא נח נחמן נחמן ואומן זכותם תגן עלינו והכל יסגן אמן. אוקיי, בעזרת השם. We start with lesson 97 and we'll go up all the way to including this lesson, lesson 100. So 97 all the way up to 100. And uh, let's hop right into it. Right? Oh God, don't hold yourself silent. Don't be deaf. And don't be still. Okay, God. Okay, Hashem, don't hold yourself silent. Don't and Hashem, don't be uh, deaf nor still. Okay. The idea is like this. that it's known. That there's a place above. Which is called Edad and Medad. Um, that this place Eldadu Medad. It's from there that all the abundance comes down to the world. As brought down on the Likute Torah, I believe, according to the Ari Akadosh of the Ari, that the name of Kel, um, or the two letters of Aleph Lamed, um, is Adad, is one breast. The other letters of Mem Yud, which is the beginning of Medad, and the first two letters that we said above, Aleph Lamed, which is the beginning of Eldad, these two places. So we see that Kel, Aleph Lamed, um, is one breast, and the second, the two other letters of Mem and Yud are another breast. Okay. What this means is a little bit, um, uh, what do you call it? It's a little bit esoteric. But Rabbeinu is going to try to explain this. Uh, and we see, obviously, that the two letters of, uh, or the four letters of Aleph, Lamed, and then Mi, and Mem, and Yud, spell out Elohim without the He. Um, we're going to see how this all adds up, why the He, um, how the He is incorporated into this. And the Shefa, the abundance that comes down, is called the letter He, is by the letter He. It says in Bereshit, Here you have seed. Here you have seed. So we see that seed is the aspect of He. He means here literally, but we see that the way you spell He, here is actually the same way we spell the letter He. So, Here you have seed, which means seed is the aspect of this letter He. And what is seed? It's abundance. It's Shefa. And now the name Elohim is completed in full. So we have Aleph, Lamed, and then you have Mem and Yud, and then you add a He, for the He indicates the Shefa, and then you have Elohim. But Rabbeinu explains that sometimes, because of our many sins, the abundance leaves. It passes away, in a sense. It, um, it's gone. And you turn the He, which is the Shefa, but because now the Shefa is gone, it turns into a Dalit. 
meaning it has nothing of its own. As we say about the, the Malchut, that the Malchut doesn't have any light of its own. It represents the letter Dalit. For it has it has nothing of its own. So we see that when Shefa is not there, it's a letter of a Dalit. It's not a He. And each and every Jew needs to act quickly so that he can turn this Dalit into a He. And Rabbeinu asks, how does one turn the Dalit into the letter He? The idea is like this. It says in Tehidim, Gilad is mine, Menashe is mine, Ephraim Maoz Roshi, Ephraim is the stronghold of my head. Yehuda Mechokiki, Yehuda are my rulers. I said in Tehidim, Haperushu Kach, the explanation is like this. He called him Riata Vana Mashemibach, Iden Vikishetatatatam Bitsiratan. Before Hashem created the world, God delighted in and um, adored himself, adorned himself, sorry. He put himself jewels in a sense. And what are those jewels? Tfilah. He adorned himself in, um, in, in, prayer, in the prayers and the good actions of the tzadikim. That Hashem saw, he foresaw that there would be tzadikim. That through their good actions, they would be able to rule in their prayers. Meaning that because of tzadikim, have such refined actions, they are so pure, and they act so well, that their prayers would be so strong, that they could accomplish whatever they want. Al-Derech, upon what it says, Tzadik Moshe it says in Shmuel Bet, that the Tzadik rules with the fear of God. So we see here that this Tzadik has the power to overturn decrees that we see in Moed Katan also. Moed Katan, that Tzayin Bet over there, it brings this idea, um, that the tzaddikim actually, even when God decrees a decree, that the tzaddik can overrule whatever God decrees. As Hashem asks in the Gemara over there, who's greater than me? And Hashem responds to his own question. He says, the tzaddikim. The tzaddikim are greater than I. For I make decrees and they annul them. So, we see this awesome idea that the tzaddik is able to rule with his prayers. And each and every Jew is able to get to this level. To rule with his prayer. But the only two things, the only thing that is preventing him are two obstacles. The first one is before the prayer. Meaning when he approaches the prayer with pride. This is the first obstacle. What prevents him from actually attaining this rulership during his prayer is the aspect of pride. Meaning that he has, a, perhaps that this person is of distinguished ancestry. Or perhaps that he toiled and struggled so much in serving God. And perhaps he got prideful when he rose up in prayer. And because of this reason, it's impossible that he should have rulership in his prayer. A person needs to forget all this. And needs to seem to him as if he was born just right now, today. And as if he's the only one in the world. He's unique. He's the only one. This represents Menashe in the verse. As we saw, Menashe, there's Ephraim, there's Gilad, there's Yehuda. So we're going to see all the elements here. So this represents Menashe. For Menashe, 
is the language of nishion. What's nishion from nishion, which means unawareness, v'shichecha, forgetfulness. So you see, a person has to be in the aspect of menashe, meaning to forget his ancestry, forget that whatever he did, and to start as if you're brand new right now. And this is what it says in Bereshit, ki nashani elokim et kol betavi. For God made me forget all the house of my father. This is a reference to what? Ancestry. In the verse as well. And God made me forget all my, my father's household. Uh, and all my, um, my struggles, my toils. Meaning all the toiling that a person did in serving God. Meaning that he forgot the ancestry and he forgot the... Um, Whatever he did in service of Hashem, meaning that he doesn't fall into pride with whatever it may be. That he forgets all the things that he might even find pride in. The second obstacle that prevents a person from attaining rulership in his prayer is within the prayer itself. Because so the second obstacle during prayer. because Since there were earlier willful transgressions before, because there were sins a person did before in his past that he did um, intentionally. Or he had intentional improper thought. Because of this, this person has foreign thoughts during his prayers. Because of these foreign thoughts, it's impossible to rule during his prayer. A person who has pure, a pure thought during tefillah can only rule. But a person who has foreign thoughts because of his past and whatever, it's certain that he cannot rule on his tefillah. As we just said. Therefore, for a person who has this problem, he needs to break all these foreign thoughts through the holy thoughts of prayer. But it is in whenever he overpowers these bad thoughts with holy thoughts, has donot, when he overpowers these willful transgressions, Oh, sorry, when he overpowers this, when he overpowers these bad thoughts, which stem from all the willful transgressions of his past. So we see here that what? He's able to turn all those bad thoughts into merits. When he really works hard to overcome all these bad thoughts. It's an awesome idea. As he bring in the, in the Gemara, that um, a person has the ability to tur- do Teshuvah and turn all his sins into merits. Under very certain, certain conditions, Avraham is telling us how to turn all those willful, trans, uh, those those bad thoughts, those donot, those willful transgressions into mitzvot, into merit, is through this idea of trying to overpower these bad thoughts during prayer. This is evident in the name Ephraim. What is Ephraim? Comes from Hifrani. God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Ephraim. Which means what? Ifrani, to be fruitful. Because that which previously was afflicted, meaning that which was desolate and parched and dry. But now through these holy thoughts, he turns these bad things, his willful transgressions, that which was dry and bad before, into merit. When he prays with these two aspects, with the aspect of Menashe, which is to forget all the things that would make you prideful, and the aspect of Ephraim, which is this idea that he overpowers his bad thoughts with good thoughts and turns all those bad thoughts into Zechuyot, into merit. It's certain that this man will be able to attain this humility and this lowliness. From humility, 
comes fear. It says in Mishle, the end result of humility is fear of God. So we see that once a person has humility, he attains fear of Hashem. So we see that when a person attains this humility, by praying in the aspect of Hashem Ephraim, he also attains fear. And fear is called Manchut. As we've seen in, the, in, the, in um, a few lessons already. If not, we're not for the fear of the Malchut, the government. So we see that Malchut, which means government in this case, is actually referenced to Malchut, obviously. The aspect of Malchut, kingship, which is what? Mora'a, which is the aspect of fear. If not for the fear of Malchut. So we see Malchut represents fear. So we see that Tfilah, now that it's in the aspect of fear, it has the aspect of Malchut with it, kingship. And now that it has kingship, of course it has this aspect of rulership. It's the same idea. That the prayer has rulership. And this is the pleasure of Hashem. And now the desire of Hashem has been fulfilled. And that which at the beginning, and it wasn't in the beginning that Hashem did not have this pleasure of tefillah, of the tzaddikim's tefillah. It's just Hashem saw from afar. That he saw that tzaddikim would be able to pray in this manner. And it's from this pleasure that Hashem saw from way far, in a very distant place, that he decided to create the world with the ten sayings, as we know. All the more so now, that now that this desire is coming to Hashem constantly, that the Tzadikim who are praying in this aspect. So we see here that Hashem is renewing His world with the ten, the ten sayings. Because if at the end, if at the beginning of time, God created the world from the ten sayings because He saw from afar that the Tzadikim would pray in this aspect of rulership in Malchut. Then all the more so now, if it's occurring as we speak, then Hashem is constantly renewing the world. As it says in the verse, we say this in every morning, Shacharit. And with His goodness, with God's goodness, He renews every single day constantly the work of creation. And this is the explanation of the verse. Li Gilad. Gilad belongs to me. Leshon Gal Ed. This is a language, an expression of two words. Gal Ed. What's gal? That it has been revealed, the pleasure. The pleasure has been revealed. That this pleasure to Hashem, that, that, um, that Hashem had before the creation of the world, was brought into revelation. What's Ed? That He adorned Himself. And He, um, he adorned Himself. And he delighted. Ed comes from Eden to delight. And he delighted and adorned himself with the tefillot of the tzaddikim. Whenever the tzaddikim would have these two aspects of Menashe and Ephraim. Canaan as we saw above. Ma'oz Roshi. What do they mean strong, my stronghold? Meaning the idea is Ma'oz Roshi. To be strong in your head. Meaning to overpower with your mind the holy thoughts. To overpower the bad thoughts with the holy thoughts. What's Yehuda? When it says Yehuda in the verse, Yehuda mechokiki. What is Yehuda? Hanuat Fila, this represents prayer. And Yehuda said, this time I'll gratefully praise. 
So we see that Yehuda represents praise, tefillah. Mechokiki, Yehuda are my rulers. What is my rulers? An expression of rulership and kingship. So we see Mechokiki represents kingship, rulership. Meaning that prayer, which is Yehuda, has kingship. And through that kingship, the pleasure of Hashem is revealed. And Hashem renews His world with the ten sayings. And these ten sayings represent the, is, a, is the letter Yud. For Yud has a numerical value of ten. Yud v'dalet hanan. This is the Yud and the above mentioned Dalet. So now we have the Yud, which is the ten sayings. Um, we said that Dalet, whenever there's lacking Shefa, when you combine the two, when you add these ten sayings in a time when there's no Shefa, Naseh He, you create the letter He. Now these ten sayings are drawn from Chesed. The ten sayings with which Hashem created the world are drawn from the aspect of Chesed. It says, I said, the world shall be built through loving kindness. So what is Amarti? I said, meaning the ten sayings. Meaning the world shall be built through loving kindness. That the ten sayings which created the world was was sourced in kindness. And Chesed is called Kel, the name Kel. It says Chesed El Korayom. The Chesed of Hashem is all day. So Kel represents Chesed. And now we go back to the beginning. This is the explanation of the verse. God, do not hold yourself silent. Meaning what? Meaning whenever you see that from the name Elohim, when a person sees that from the name Elohim, um, or when Hashem sees, sorry, we're, we're telling Hashem, when you see Hashem Itbar, that from the name Elohim, we created it, Kal Aldomi, don't hold yourself silent. Aldomi is a play on the word what? Elohim, except the only thing changed is a hay and a dal, as we said above, meaning what? That there's lacking Shefa, because what's he say? When there's lacking Shefa, the hay leaves and it creates a dalad. So we see Elohim is a play on the words Al Elohim is Al Domi, except the Hey in Elohim is replaced with the Dalit. So we see here that when you see Elohim turns into Al Domi because there's lacking Shefa. Meaning whenever from this Hey it turns into a Dalit, God forbid. O Malecha, I say to you, Al Tishkot El, don't be deaf and don't um, stay quiet. Shetir El El, meaning what? Hashem see. That you awaken your aspect of El, which is what through the prayer which is done with these two aspects. How do you awaken the aspect of Kel, the Chesed aspect, which is the Yud of the Ten Commandments, sorry, the Ten Sayings? And how do you do the Yud of the Ten Sayings when you overpower, um, when you when you attain this aspect? Sorry, when you attain this um, this aspect of rulership in your prayer. That's how you attain uh, Kel. And you'll create from the letter Dalet into a letter He. And you'll, the, the name Kel becomes Dad. And the Mi also becomes Dad. And the He, the letter He is the Shefa. Because He, the letter He, with its three formations, 
come out to the numerical value of chalav milk. How do you know this? So let's see here. If you you could spell the letter hey in three different combinations. Um, <clears throat> the letter hey can be spelled what? Heyud. That's fifteen. You have also have hey hey. That's ten. So that's twenty five. And then you have hey aleph. That's six. So that's thirty one. Now, if you add the amount of letters that we just mentioned, hey yud, hey 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 aleph. That's six letters. So thirty one plus six is thirty seven. And then you have the amount of hey's you can spell it in. Three three different types. There's hey yud, hey 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 aleph. So the three number the number of expansions plus the number of the letters for the expansions um, plus the numerical value for each of those letters. You have thirty one plus six plus three equals forty. You have hey yud plus hey hey plus hey aleph numerical value at thirty one, plus the three types of combinations that's thirty four plus the six letters and all those combinations that's thirty four plus six equals forty gematria chalaf, which is the numerical value of nuk. Im klalot, with the two composite factors as is known to those who know the esoteric teachings. Tzibon in the meore or this idea. So we see that this idea of shefa is chalaf. And the hay is the shefa. So we see here this awesome idea that this milk represents the idea of abundance. Um, and you can only create that when you turn the dal into the hay, when you attain rulership in the Sula. So that's it for this lesson. God we're going to continue. We're going to do three more lessons right now. But uh, may we attain this aspect in Menashe Nefraim and uh, in our Tzila, to attain true rulership. Okay, Torah Tzadichet. The idea of why it's brought in the Gemara many, many times. Nathan Boenav, as it said in the Gemara, he set his eyes upon him, then and the other person became a heap of bones. Some person laid eyes on another person, and the other person uh, became literally a, a pile of bones. These different places. So, Rabbeinu asked two questions here. What is the expression Natan Boenav? He said his eyes upon him. What did that mean? And what did the expression of mean? That he was made a, pile, a heap of, of bones. Rabbeinu tells us that behold, the person cannot see until how far the blemish of a sin reaches. We do not know how far it goes, the consequences of our actions. But the tzaddik sees, for the tzaddik has the eyes of God. It says in Tehilim, the eyes of Hashem are belong to the tzaddikim. Meaning that the tzaddik has the eyes of Hashem. As we see in the Ramam Pano, in the Asara Mamarot, Em Korchai, over there. Um, um, this idea that the tzaddikim are the eyes of Hashem. And the eyes of Hashem are ranging over all the earth. It's in Zechariah, Dalet chapter 4, and Divrei Amin Bet chapter uh, 16. So we see this idea that the eyes of Hashem are roaming over all the earth. And the tzaddik had the eyes of Hashem. Nimtza, tzaddik magia. So you see here, this idea that the tzaddik is able to see until how far the pagam, the blemish of a sin reaches. This is the explanation of the Gemara. That he set his eyes upon him. What did that mean? Meaning, in order that the other person should see with the eyes of the tzaddikim, 
ונעשה גל של עצמות, היא ביקם הכי פבונות, זה להאמין גל מלשון התגלות. גל, ההיפ, comes from the language of התגלות, revelation. והעצמות הן בונס מלשון עוצם מעיניו מראות ברע. העצם ישריה, בונס comes from the word עוצם. He shuts his eyes from seeing evil. Meaning what? לנו שהוא רואה מה שפגם. שהיה נסתם ממנו מקודם, meaning that he's able to see now what he blemished. That which was concealed from him before. He didn't have this, this vision. ואין עונש גדול מזה. כשאדם רואה מה שפגם. הרבנו תלזס את יוג' חידוש. There's nothing bigger, no bigger punishment in the world than to see how far your gum reaches. How bad the sin that you did is. There's nothing worse than this. If a person were to see this, Hashem Yachem, I don't, it would be very difficult to lift ourselves back up in encouragement. I don't know if it would be possible. Um, but the tzaddik sees this. And um, <clears throat> so we see that this language in the Gemara, Natana Enabbo, that he said his eyes upon him, meaning that the eyes of the tzaddik should go to this person so that he should see how far the sin goes. Meaning that these people should have the eyes of the tzaddikim as well. Meaning that once he sets his eyes upon him, meaning once the tzaddik's eyes go to this person, he, he turns into a heap of bones. Meaning what? What's the heap? Heap represents revelation. Meaning all those things which were once hidden from him, the sins that he did, now are revealed to him. And that he can see how far it goes. Okay. This is a beautiful lesson. A lesson which Rabbanu tells us never to give up and to always encourage ourselves on, in prayer. Something beautiful. It says in Parashat Vaitchanan, Hashem, Moshe begged to God at that time saying, Rabbanu tells us a person Behold, a person needs to pray with great attachment, great dvekut to Hashem Itbach. He needs to attach himself greatly to God. But if sometimes, if, but at some times, it happens that there's a time that he's not able to pray with great attachment and fervor. So don't tell yourself when you're not able to pray with his attachment. I won't pray at all. Don't say that. Don't say that because of the fact that I'm not able to properly concentrate and to pray in attachment, I won't pray. And don't tell yourself that the tefillah will not be accepted. That he will pray and say, this one will live and this one will die. And uh, the Chachamim said to him, how do you know this? And he answered back with what? What did he say? So they at so Rabbi Chanina Medosa used to say, This one will live, this one will die. He used to know these things through his tefillah. And the Chachamim used to ask him, How do you know this? And he responded, If I um, if the tefillah is flowing in my mouth, then I know that my tefillah is accepted. I'll know that it's been torn up. And this Gemara is according to what we just said, is in line with what Rabbeinu just told us. Meaning, if a person is praying with attachment and great self-like attachment to Hashem, then the tefillah, it's the aspect of the tefillah that we see with Rabbi Chaim and that it's flowing in his mouth. So we see it's accepted. When a person is praying in great attachment, the tefillah is in the aspect. Aspect of accepting by God. Hashem accepts this tefillah. And if you're not able to pray with attachment, God forbid the opposite. But nonetheless, 
Do not say, a person should not say to himself that he won't pray. Rather, always pray. Even if you know that the prayer is not flowing in your mouth, still pray. If you're not able to pray with proper attachment, pray with all your strength. Because at the time when you do pray with proper attachment, then all the prayers which did not ascend up will be able to ascend with the prayer now that has been prayed with attachment. All those tefillahs which could not be accepted because you were not praying in attachment will now all go up. So if you don't pray, you won't have the merit to have that tefillah answered at all. But we know that once a person prays with attachment, all the previous prayers go up. Bezen, this is what it says. Hashem, and I beg to Hashem. Tamid, constantly, meaning a person should pray to Hashem, whether he's attached or whether he's not attached, whether he feels attached or not. At that time saying, what does that mean? Meaning, at the time when I merit to pray in attachment, which is what we say in the Gemara, that the tefillah was flowing in my mouth. Meaning, what does it say in the verse? At that time saying, Meaning what? That the words that have been said and been flowing through the mouth is because He's praying with proper attachment. Or sorry, that the thing which a person's praying in his mouth right now because of his attachment, the things that he's in the middle of his tefillah right now, and he has the, attach, the proper attachment, the proper uh, connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then all the prayers which he prayed until now, which were not with proper attachment, will go up and, and with this prayer that has been done properly. And the last Torah, Torah Kuf, a nice idea, a beautiful idea. Chidush. All the tzaddikim of every single generation, they are all holy. And within them, they have the mix. And within their midst, God exists. God is in their midst. And why is it that we see, naturally with our vision, that there are tzaddikim, who have very good temperament and great nature, and well liked by everyone. But there's also a true tzaddik, and his nature, his temperament is not very amiable with the common people. People don't necessarily get along with the tzaddik as much. Sometimes the tzaddik is seen angry and irritable. So why is there a difference? Behold, it's known Rabbi Nutazah that all the righteous tzaddikim God takes from the light of the Torah. For the Torah is the ultimate guide. It teaches, it's the guide of the way. And from this place, um, sorry, the tzaddik took his righteousness. Uh, Meaning that all the tzaddikim take their righteousness from the light of the Torah. Because we see that the Torah is the guide. And it's from there that they take their righteousness. It's from the Torah that they're able to become righteous. And behold this tzaddik who received a great illumination from the light of this Torah. And his actions are on par with his uh, spiritual perceptions in Torah. Then this tzaddik's 
righteousness and his Torah, they are both um, um, properly in accord with each other. They're both proper. They're they're both composed. Therefore, I don't know This is why his mind is pleasant with other people. But there's a tzaddik who's the light of the wisdom of the Torah, which he attained, is greater than his actions. And the Torah that boils inside him, sorry, then the Torah boils inside him like a fire, like a holy fire. And it's impossible that this tzaddik has pleasant, um, he, that he's pleasant with other people. And it's impossible for him to be involved with people similar to the aforementioned tzaddik. The aforementioned tzaddik whose light of the Torah and the actions are just as equal. When a young rabbinical scholar becomes heated, it's the Torah causing him to be heated. Because this Torah has increased greatly. Meaning the Torah surpassed his actions. We see here why some tzaddikim are in the aspect of kabdan or some tzaddikim are very pleasant. Like the difference between Bet Shaman and Bet Hilal. It's a very famous difference. We see this idea here that Rabban was explaining the sod behind this. So that's where we're going to stop today. Bizrat Hashem. And uh, God willing, the next class will continue with Torah Kuf Aleph.